that's a good snap. It's like a wet snap. I was really insecure about it. I did say I just came home from the beach, right? So I'm a little soggy. He wasn't lying. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, I got a snap on Mike. I haven't done anything on Mike in so long. I'm so nervous. <laughs> but I think I did all right. There's literally, there's, <laughs> we sound like a horrible, a horrible, like, movie producer. There's nothing to be nervous about. <laughs> you guys are just coaxing me into this. I'm here against my will, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it is. So welcome to Ginger and the Beef, the podcast where uh, Scotty joins us and uh, Isaac is late. The podcast where Scotty does. Yeah. Scotty, Scotty, don't. I'm here to do, guys. And I mean, it's only 25 minutes later than I was told to be here, and that's fine. And is that Isaac's fault? Yes, but we're here. <laughs> I mean, I don't like pointing fingers, but who's got two thumbs and was late tonight? Yeah, it was definitely this guy. It's all right. This yeah. guy. And I, I, it, it happens. I mentioned it before we hit record, but I can't really talk that much shit about you being late because I bailed on you last week, the day of. So... Here we was are. Was it the day of last time? I'm pretty sure it, it was. Maybe the might night have been the before. day before. I'm a day Either of way. kind of bailer, like for sure. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't put it past me. It's the best kind of bailer, though, really. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. You're allowed to do that. I feel no shame. So, so I told, we were talking to a gentleman named Taylor last night. Yeah. Um, we recorded our next week's episode last night, and then this week's episode tonight. I'm so confused. For tomorrow. Still, by the way. Yeah, I feel like I'm watching a Marvel movie and I'm trying to figure out like timelines and shit. hundred <laughs> percent. We were talking about this. We were talking about recording with you last night while we were recording next for week. next week and I actually lost brain cells. <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the yeah, place. Probably, yeah, I've met Tay a few times. Probably doesn't matter. So you met Tay. Is, aren't you going to see him next weekend or something? Isn't he coming your yeah, way? Yeah, he's... I don't even know. I, he just... He told me it was funny. We were talking the other day, and he's like, "Hey, um, I was like, are you guys coming out this summer?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we're actually coming in like two weeks, and we're staying at an Airbnb in your neighborhood." And I'm like, "Hey, dude, we're like best <laughs> friends. <laughs> you could tell me that way ahead of time if you want, <laughs> and possibly stay at my house. Yeah, like yeah, save save a couple pennies in this uh, shitty economy. Yeah, I mean, you're coming to BC, dude. You need all the help you can get <laughs> saving money." Speaking oh. of people who are late, yeah, that guy is the legendary <laughs> Taylor. Yes, <laughs> he was late last night. He's yeah. the king of being late as fuck. He'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm 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 gonna be like a few minutes past eight. He shows up at like eight <laughs> forty. It's his brand, you know. It is. <laughs> Everybody needs it a is. thing. <laughs> That's definitely his thing. So and I got... he'll always blame it on his wife, but really, we all know it's Taylor. Oh, it's it hundred percent Taylor. He can't stop Caitlin's playing whatever time. the new fucking golf video game that just came out is or whatever he plays <laughs> or the same nhl that comes out every year exactly. that he just keeps on repeatedly buying well you got to have the newest freshest one you got to get Let's the new honest, tricks though. on the trick stick isaac that's how it works yeah man. they do they do can you, do more toe drags now the toe drags are bigger yeah do you do you play games scott are you are you a video gamer i'm like i'm such a feast or famine gamer like i don't play online games at all like i i don't have the temperament or the patience to get good at them and to keep myself calm during the time where I'm trying to get good at them. You know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. If I play I like, feel I feel you. I've tried to play call of duty and I've tried to do all that stuff. And I just like, I lose my mind getting so mad at how bad I am. So I just quit. So I'm like a, like a hardcore <laughs> single player, a new game comes out and I, and I'm interested in it. I buy it. I play it. I finish it. And I take two months off. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> 
That's the way to do it, though. You you don't have that addiction where you got to yeah. play every new game right when it comes out. Yeah, it's. I'm like a seasonal gamer. Seasonal. I'll play. Seasonal? Yeah, I'll play like. Winter I'll time. play for like three months, and then I'll never play for probably two <laughs> or three months, and then I'll and then I'll get yelled at by all my friends, <laughs> and then I'll play again, and then I just get mad, or they're playing a game that sucks. Like, oh, let's play it. Like Taylor's classic for saying, oh, download this game. It's free to play on PC. Yeah. It's it's really good. And then you download it, and then a he never fucking plays, and b it sucks, <laughs> dude. And it's it's almost more insulting that you didn't pay for it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's a free game, and it doesn't cost you anything. But just it's just such a small waste of time, and it's so insulting. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I just i I don't play video games, especially with Taylor, because he like he'll come and visit or we'll like see each other in the, when we, when we come to town or whatever and we'll play NHL and it's like, I'm just going to go on the record and say this. He beats me 10 times to one easily. Like I never, ever win. You can actually get one on him. Yeah. Every, I can't, I can't can't get one on him. (laughs) Isaac, you probably can every once in a while. Not anymore. No. Like back when, do you remember when he was living at B and H's still and we'd get, we'd we'd game NHL and we, everybody gets so mad that it was almost leading to fist fights, <laughs> dude. Because we were actually evenly matched, and now it's like he just continued playing and everybody else stopped. So any time he wants to play, it's like, well, it's not fun because you just smash me one hundred to three. Yeah, it's very upsetting. And I'll get like every once in a while, I'll get a game in. Like I said, you know, every once in a while. But the funniest thing about beating Tay is that he can beat me ten games in a row. And if I beat him in one game, he's fucking mad about it. <laughs> like he is a sore loser, especially with Joe. I've I've played one game. So I, when when COVID first happened, I, Isaac's like Daryl, you gotta you gotta get the PS4 live or whatever, and we're gonna play some NHL online with, with the buddies. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Isaac's even he went so far as to be like, dude, I'll pay for your year subscription if you pay for the game and we can play online. I'm like, sweet. So I got it. And we played online. I played with Isaac, I don't know, four times, yeah, five times maybe. Um, we played once with Taylor where all three of us were playing online against other people. Yeah. Taylor just like, I think we tried two games and within they scored one or two goals and he just like fucking drops out immediately. <laughs> Rage quit. <laughs> Rage quits every every time. Dude, um, I love it. Yeah, he's just, he, he does that sometimes. He's uh, he's good at losing, you know, in person. Uh, though I find better, better at losing in person. Yeah. Maybe. Because he, he can get punched. <laughs> I'm sitting right there with a heavy fist, just waiting for him to try something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So this episode's featuring Taylor, even though he's not here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just tell Taylor stories. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious. I don't remember Scott. I know the last time I saw you. Yeah. Isaac might get jealous of this. Last time I saw you. Um, I don't even know. I think Taylor just like, Hey, I mean, me and Scott are coming up to Kelowna. There's a show you want to come. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And it was misery. Yeah, that's tour. right. Yeah. And, uh, that was the last time I saw you. The last time we were all together, it wasn't Taylor, but Isaac and you and uh, Kyle and stuff, we all just ran, in, ran into each other at, uh, every time I die in Kelowna, yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about... I didn't forget about every time I die, but I forgot about running into you guys. Then. Yeah, yeah, I shit. totally did, too, actually. <laughs> Until you well, you're welcome, running. you guys. I just I, I pick up the pieces. That's, just, that's what I do. Just bringing people together. Yeah, this is a beautiful so, thing. That's that's what I do. So I, I, didn't, I don't even know... I don't think we even really know each other, Scott. Like to be honest, like we've we've known each other in passing. Yeah. Um we've never hung out oh, like just straight up. No, I it's, don't think we've ever It's always kind of been like th- through the mutual connection of Taylor to bring him back up again like 
I I lived with Tay for a couple years when we were at Calgary, and then I knew, and obviously I like hung out with Ike and or do you is it Ike or Isaac now? Are, are you a grown up or are you? Can I still call you Ike? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter okay. to me whatever you want, whatever flows naturally. I don't know. <laughs> I just noticed you going by Isaac more, and I didn't want to insult you. <laughs> no, it's cool, bro. It's like it's like a it's like a generational thing the people who knew me back when i right. still went by ike they all still call me that yeah so okay it's all good i'll probably it, it took, i'll probably just go back and forth through this whole interview so. yeah that's fine <laughs> it, it took me literally it took me like four years to fucking get over it just make sure you stumble awkwardly every time please <laughs> ike Zick. uh ike Zick. Uh, yeah. yeah like so up, I? so you lived at bill and heathers yeah I, I, for one year i lived there with tay and then we lived we got our own place the year after which we called the brotel and that was Tay and I. Heard I of the Brotel. Yeah, dude. Yep. That was a legendary spot. Um, and uh, and then obviously Ike and I knew each other. Ike six, sorry, um, had known each other from. <laughs> <laughs> we went to like Ambrose together, like in 2007. Like that's when so, we met. We were freshmen. Together. So you you met you were freshmen with Isaac. Taylor came a year later, but so you met Dean too then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We oh, were nice. all there that same year. I didn't live on Res. That was the only thing. Like. Like he was too cool. He had yeah. cousin. He had fa- uh, you had it wasn't. Did you live with your cousin or something? No, I said I was living with family, so I didn't have to live on res, and I just lived with friends. <laughs> ah, there you go. Because they had that rule where it's like freshmen had to live on res unless you were living with family or something. In and Calgary, so I, yeah. I just said I was living with family. They had a lot of rules. Yeah, they had a lot of rules. Yeah. Uh, rules are meant to be broken. Exactly. Um, we we all know this. Um, I I went the year before. So uh, the the year before all you guys. Okay, I yeah. went to Ambrose for for a semester. Um, yeah, I met my at that time wife, or almost wife to be at that point, I guess. Yeah, you can um, say your first. You met your first wife. Well, I met her the it's year before. Less, less cumbersome. Yeah, whatever. You know what I'm. You know what I'm getting at. But I, I met her. So then I, I kind of met you guys in passing, just because I would go hang out with Dean because Dean was in res. Yeah, that's right. And I'd come by, and and if you were around, maybe that's where I met you. I know there was some parties we 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 saw each other at and stuff. Yeah, totally. But then. But then over the years, it was like, oh, Scott, like we just had a lot of things in common, even though we didn't hang out. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the big one, and you mentioned it. So we talked on the podcast, I don't know, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, whatever, about uh, me in the summers going to my grandparents' house at Eagle Bay. Yeah. Uh, at the When they were the caretakers there. And then your parents, they took over that. Is that right? Yeah. My parents have been there now for oh, just over 15 years, I think. I can't remember the exact number, but I know when they took over that um, it, it was a different caretaker at that time. But like, I know that m- like my dad remembers like your whole family, like basically oh, from, and it's, it's like the Alliance, right? Like it's so small and everybody knows each other. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So my parents have been there for, yeah, I want to say like maybe 16, 17 years. I don't, I don't know. I'm a terrible son, but. That's yeah. okay. Do they, so do they live at the house by the camps? Like the the one that my grandparents used to uh, live. In? They were seasonally they were there. Um, they okay. live in town here where I live in Vernon, so um, okay. they kind of just go back and forth as they as they need to or whatever. But they didn't live out there full time. Just the caretaker um, did. Does oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So my yeah, my grandparents lived in that. It's like when you when you pull in the driveway, you go you to the right, go left to the camp, or you go to the right, and they went to the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that place was awesome. Like yeah, the dude. memories I have there. My grandpa built like the big shop on the side, and he built a oh, whole really? bunch of stuff there. Yeah, he built. It was just a plain house. There was no garage and no shop. Yeah. He built all that when he got out there. 
Um, I had my grandpa found a couple pellet guns in the basement, so I started uh, shooting things <laughs> with pellet guns there. I didn't think it was shooting, yeah. So I, you know, grabbed the, I put my finger in front of the the <laughs> the what's it called the nozzle. Yeah, I'm not a gun guy. The barrel, the barrel. The thank you. The thank nozzle. You. <laughs> my finger in front of the nozzle of the gun, man. Your American uh, listeners, and then I shot, and, and then I ended right up now. losing my fingernail. It's gonna squirt. <laughs> <laughs> skirt gun <laughs> whatever um but no i i loved it out there and, and summer camp like i i obviously got to go for free because grandpa and grandma were were the caretakers or my dad was the speaker or yeah. whatever the case so are, are, were your parents like are they running the camp so was your dad or mom a pastor yeah my dad is uh he was a pastor for with the alliance up until he started at the camp so I, he's still got all of his uh credentials and all that sort of stuff um, working with the, with the Alliance district. So, um, yeah, that was like my whole life growing up pastor's kid and then transition to camp director's kid, which is like more niche than a pastor's kid, but significantly more niche. Yeah. <laughs> quite a bit more niche, very unrelatable <laughs> to most people. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're relatable. You, you and the other 40 people in North America. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> as if pastor's kid didn't have a hard enough time integrating into normal society. <laughs> it's one step further for me. Like, uh, yeah, I'm actually a, a Bible camp director kid. Um, very specific experience. <laughs> B B C D B C D K. Yeah. So, yeah. It's okay. Exactly. Daryl's Daryl's uncle has and his cousins are in that same boat because uh that's how so you know uh Dar- do you me- do you ever met uh Daryl's uncle Joel? I don't think Probably so. Probably not. Probably not. So if, Darryl's- if you met anyone you would have met Stan, which is Dean's dad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh Scott, I don't know if you remember, I'm just gonna refresh your memory if you do, but uh so Daryl's uncle Joel was my pastor growing up, like youth pastor, whatever okay yeah yeah and he was like the camp leader director person at our kids camp yeah and then uh when i moved out here to go to school and i was playing hockey with dean and i just like organically became friends with dean yeah didn't have any whatever we just became buds because dean's a beauty yeah and uh and then one day my mom's like hey i talked to i talked to joel because he was like really we were really good friends with his family and whatever growing up yeah um and i guess joel's like uh ask ask isaac if he's met dean yet so my mom's like, have you met Dean yet? And I said, how the, how the fuck does he know if I've met or ask you if I met Dean or not? And, and she's like, Dean Hogan. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. Are they related? <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's his, that's his nephew. And I'm like, oh shit. And then one day Dean was like, I'm going to bring my cousin, uh, meet my cousin Daryl. And then I met, that's how I met Daryl. So I've literally not been able to escape Hogan since I was like fucking nine years old, man. Yeah. We, we ruin lives it's that a way. Small world. You're like, it's like one of you is one of your family's curse. Like either Ike is the family curse to the Hogan's. <laughs> I would, I would argue that. No, he's, I think, I think my uncles would argue that Isaac is the curse of the Hogan's for sure. I'm just the adopted, the redheaded stepchild of the Hogan family. That's all. That's exactly what you are. You're just the no stray soul. that they can't stop taking in one family member after another. <laughs> in, in fact, that's what Stan used to call me was the redheaded stepchild. Well, st- yeah, we don't need to get yeah. into that, but, uh. Well, that worked out for him though. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, so it's, it's, it's just kind of funny that we, we run in similar circles, like, uh, well, I guess the, and, and you can stop me, correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm sorry, everyone out there who doesn't give a shit, but you know, we're, we're talking about our lives, how we grew up. So, um, but it is, a, it's a surprisingly small world when yeah. you start getting into, into church stuff, especially 
in like the Alliance, for example, and I'm assuming this happens with PAOC or sorry, Pentecostal churches or whatever, when they go to their universities. Yeah. But like all, all of, so I tell my dad at nice, nice sound there. (laughs) (laughs) I tell my dad, uh, oh, I met this person or this person or this person when I was at Bible school. And he's like, oh yeah, I know their parents. Oh yeah. Oh, I went to school with their parents. Because everyone pumped out kids in that, you know, at the same time as they, you know, in early 20s. Oh, yeah. Bible Bible school way. Like, I was born uh, at, like, I was, uh, like, my parents were still enrolled at CBC when it was back in Regina um, when I was born. So, like, everybody that I would meet in my, like, years of being in the Alliance were all like, oh, I held you as a baby or, oh, I babysat you as a baby. Like, everybody it seemed that I would meet over the course of my life had some experience with me as a baby or like I remember going to Ambrose. Sorry. You could probably hear my dog going fucking mental. <laughs> well, it's all good. We have Isaac's dogs all the time. Okay, good. Yeah. I have, or my kids or my cats, whatever. Your, your cats are silent. <laughs> well, when they're silent, but deadly. <laughs> <laughs> my one cat just a fucking attacks Isaac every way, any way he can. Sorry. Um, yeah. I, I get, I get exactly what you're saying though. That's yeah. Or even like when I went to Ambrose, I was like meeting people that I was like, I would meet people for the first time. And then I would, yeah, same exact same thing. I would tell my parents about, Oh, I met this person, this person. And they'd like pull out photo albums of me and that person as a baby. Like we had, were like raised together apparently. (laughs) I just had no idea. I kind of, I loved that though. Like I, I loved that when I went to, it was AUC, NUC when I went, you know, kind of the big acronym. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, okay, we still had the United, the AUC, NUC jerseys when we when I first got there, my freshman year, play hockey. I it was think, still, yeah, was I think it was still? that when I was there too. And I had yeah. I had I got to keep that jersey because when we switched got... to Ambrose Lions, they gave all the current roster players their jerseys from the United, uh, United. days. What a name, United! Hey, dude, United. you put that shit on eBay. See what that's worth. More like more like my wall, bro. Come on, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, it's, he's got it. He's got it in a fucking like a. What are those things called? It's a glass case. Yeah, glass case. A hanging glass case. They, they, there's a name for them. They're like something box case. Whatever. I yeah. signed it myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be worth something someday, folks. Dude, Two I remember those old days, like going to Ambrose or whatever it was called back then, AUC, NUC, uh, going to those hockey games and like when you and, and Dino were playing and stuff. And I like, I never grew up playing hockey. So I was, I'd never even bothered but i would just go and i considered myself a part of the team by how loudly and aggressively i would scream at the other team from the stands because like the rivalries that back then because it was such a small random league of like wasn't there like four schools yeah like other christian or or catholic schools that would all just like rotate through each other and then olds college and olds yeah (laughs) and olds college and it was always olds that ended up being like the scrappiest games yeah yeah, that's where Dean got his fucking teeth sheared off. Yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> even from a one of their players' no, sticks. It was from, from fuck. I'm pretty sure bench. it was one of our players. Um, but no, I I when I went to sorry, but I'm just gonna backtrack here for a sec. Yeah, uh, when I when I first got there and I and I um, get in a class and Bernie Vandewall's my 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 teacher and he's telling me stories from when I was a baby in class. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a, this kid used to say Brutenga in in, <laughs> in class. Like that was how I used to say cars when I was a kid. Yeah, it's just so. It was. It was. It had that. There was that nice Eric De Bruin. Same thing. He knew my. He knew my dad when like him and my dad went to seminary together. Yeah, like you know, you, you had that with teachers, and uh, I just I, I found it kind of fun. I felt like I'm the special guy, even though everyone else there who was a PK was like that. It yeah. was definitely not special. 
Yeah, man. I always, but, I always laugh, like, especially in the Alliance in like, if you're in the Western Canada or even like maybe just the Alliance in Canada in general, like I always joke with people, like it's kind of like game of Thrones where you just have all these like significant houses and family names that are like kind of prolific in the denomination. And they all like, I don't know, like intermarry and interdate and like, like this church pastor marries off his kid to this other church pastor's kid and the houses unite. Like <laughs> it's just this weird kind of, cause it is smaller than most like denominations, but, but which makes like for all of those really, I don't know, like, yeah, funny, unique experiences where you're like, people have all these experiences and memories of you as a baby and as a kid growing up and stuff. But then there's also this like weird kind of, royalty mentality <laughs> sometimes 100%. with certain last names <laughs> and i'm sure yeah you guys having both gone to ambrose could probably you know rattle off a dozen but well mcalpine for one yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> T- taylor We're just it wasn't gonna... even taylor's fault it was his brother <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- tim tim got his doctorate i'm pretty sure without actually getting his doctorate tay's just yeah. getting dragged through the mud on this podcast and i'm here <laughs> for it yeah but when he is here he gets dragged just as hard so yeah, don't worry it's true about yeah. it. we don't have to worry. Tay, this is he, the this he's... is the only time that i can do this to taylor without him fucking just like challenging me to a game of chell and then mopping the floor with me as revenge <laughs> so no, he will. He's he's gonna listen to this while he's driving out to your place or driving out to Vernon, and then and then there you go. Yeah, my whole vi- his whole visit here is just gonna be him not letting me leave the PS5, just beating me in front of my own children at Chell over and over and yeah. over again. Badly, badly. Yeah, of course, <laughs> very badly. Did did you um when you went to to I I have no idea. Did you do your whole Bible? I'm assuming you were a pastor, right? You did yeah. your whole Bible degree. No, <laughs> I no. Just quit. Okay. Oh, I, okay. I, did, okay. I didn't know. Dude, this is, yeah, I I think I've, like, outlived this now, but, like, I was notoriously, like, for iconized freshman year, I left Ambrose with a 0.0 GPA. <laughs> I failed every nice. single class that I took. I, I just, I got there, and I just hated it. Like, li- like, school, everything. I just, I was so bad. So, I just stopped going completely stopped you, you showing beat, up you beat me i had a pretty shitty gpa yeah, too i just focused on hockey and chasing <laughs> girls the entire first semester i mean yeah yeah like Chas- what i did was actually like i think more impressive than somebody who got a high gpa if i'm being honest <laughs> like leaving with zero hard to get a zero yeah. i would agree because really like you're spending that money yeah. and and just not giving a shit yeah like I that's just, a dedication to the craft i just like I don't even know. Like, it's weird to think back on it too, because I'm like, I'm 33, and that's I moved. I started when I was 17. Like, that's was yeah. We were all freshmen. Like, yeah, when, fresh out of high. When's school. your birthday again? November 11th. Yeah, so I'm like I a that. like winter baby. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're like a month younger than me. So, because I started when I was 17 too, and I remember that for a fact because when I started school, I couldn't even go to the bars. Yet. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, and I sucked. lived with like all the guys I lived with were all like in their. 20s but, like so i couldn't from, go do anything you guys are from bc where you couldn't go to your 19 anyways so yeah you just suck it up that you were allowed when you got to alberta well dude yeah, I, we, we got, you were we at bible our, college so you were not allowed going to the bar we, we got into the bars ahead of our friends that stayed in bc by a year so well the, the shitty thing true. for me is that i had to do it two times because i went i moved there when i was 17 had to wait till i was 18 to be able to go to the bar and then that was great. And then I moved back to BC where I was back to being 18 and had to wait till November again <laughs> to be able to go to the bar. So I had like two rounds of waiting till I was legal age 
back to back. Oh, man. It, yeah, that's, it sucked. But yeah, so I, like... I did my first year. I was like out of high school, um, went to Ambrose, like, yeah, I'm going to be a pastor. And then I just like school sucked. I just couldn't, I just hated all of it. So I kind of bailed on that. And then I took a few years off and just kind of like, I was still kind of involved in church and like volunteer stuff. And, and then it was maybe like, I think like three years later, I, I went back to Ambrose cause I was like, I'm older now. I've got my life together. I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going <laughs> to try that this always again. Works out. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I had to like write a letter. I, and I think I had to write it to Bernie Vanderwalt speaking of, um, basically saying like, Hey, I'm a different person now <laughs> than when I left. Cause they just didn't let me like, I was like, basically, if you ever want to try this again, you're going to have to have like special approval from the school <laughs> to be able to come back. So well, I wrote a and, letter. And fair enough. Let's be honest. At yeah. least they, they are an accredited university. Yeah. Fair so, play. Fair play yeah. on their part. But still. They, but hey, no, that letter that letter is a formality because you got the pastor's kid uh, ace in the hole. Yeah, dude. Well, especially when you're talking, especially when you're saying, I'm going to come in to do uh, like be involved in the church and do ministry. Yeah. Like, like if you, if that was, your, I'm assuming I, I, I shouldn't assume, but I, I, I bet your letter probably had something to do with that. Well, yeah. And like, and at that time too, it's like, you know, I'm still very much in that world and in that belief system of like, you know, talking about how I was lost and wandering and blah, blah, blah. And I could totally appeal to like the Christian prodigal son story to like, Oh, they grease they my, grease the wheels and get my way back in and that's basically what happened so and that's when i went back to ambrose and that's when i lived with the with tay at bnh's um oh, okay that was the year that i came back so i would have come back like if i would have just stayed i would have come back the year i would have graduated <laughs> basically <laughs> is the way that it works um, and so you stayed there for a year and then you guys moved into the Brotel. And that, I think when you guys lived in the Brotel was when me and Daryl were living in Patina together. Yeah, because yeah, I th I feel like that's the year that I, s I remember seeing you, Daryl, the most is when Probably. we lived in the Brotel. Like we came up there to like the, your guys' parties and stuff like that. And that's where I remember like hanging out the most. But yeah, it was like you said, it was like kind of at parties, like through mutual friends and stuff like that. That's exactly what it was. It's 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 one of those things too, like so so just to kind of go back on. I I, I shouldn't speak for Isaac, but I kind of can because we we kind of did it. You just know, do it. it. He was together. late. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never late. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no. So Isaac and I were going like my uncle Dean's dad was a pastor in Calgary. Yeah, and I had already dropped out of school, but I was married to a girl who was still at Ambrose. Yeah. And, you know, we were the young married couple. We had to have our home church. So we went to my uncle's church and this shitty youth pastor was also doing college and career. Just a piece of shit. He's a horrible person. Caleb? No, Jacob. Jacob. That's oh, the one. Just the worst. So I, a story about Jacob. My brother, I probably mentioned this. I don't care. I'll say it again. My brother's like, oh, him? Fuck. When I was at CBC, me and Jacob had a run in and I ended up, Jacob ended up spitting in my mouth before I beat him up. Oh my god! Like he 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 got at Ryan's face and then spit at <laughs> spit at him. So Ryan beat beat him up. I mean, my brother's a big guy, you know. Not yeah, a small. He's play. also four years older than Daryl. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so, but but so we were we were involved in the church. I was doing drums and worship, and you know, 
my aunt was singing all the time and I was playing drums and Dean was singing and playing guitar and Luann and, 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 and voice of an angel voice and, can, <laughs> and she's like the best person, kind hearted cooks, like great a champion. cook, great, great cook. cook. She's a, she's just the best aunt. She did get choked though. When me, Dean and Rach, when I lived at their place, we would power through the cheesies, the Ho- the Hawkins cheesies. <laughs> and it was like for Kevin and cause they were still in, in school, like uh elementary school and high school. Not elementary school, I guess oh, it was yeah, high school. Yeah, there was um, kids there. But yeah, Rach and Kev were both in school still. Dean's, Dean's so, younger sibling. So they went to Costco and they'd get the cheesies for the kids and me and Dean would just me, Dean and Rach would just power through them. <laughs> and and Luann would just be like, How are the cheesies already gone? And there's me and Dean like licking each other's fingers. <laughs> Getting all the orange cheese <laughs> cheesies dust <laughs> off, off the fingers. Dude, that, I would literally lick that orange cheesy dust off of fucking anything. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Throw, I, throw it on the throw it on the ground and and, and you know, <laughs> Downtown Vernon, I'll, 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 well, downtown Vernon's kind of dirty, but uh, it is, man. Yeah, uh, we call it Dirty Vern for a reason. You know? It is. Hey, you live in Coldstreams, so you're good. Yeah, I'm. I'm completely separate from <laughs> those plebs. Yeah, let, let the record show. Yeah, um, you live in the most in the, in the in the third most beautiful town in in the Okanagan. I'm, and I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like what? It's called Coldstream. Where is this wonderful place? It's literally it's like. A, like he could just connected there. to Vernon. It's just yeah, you're it's, driving it's through like Vernon and then you're in Coldstream. It's kind of so like you have to go through Coldstream to get to Kelowna. No, uh, no, kind of. So when you're when you're when you pass Vernon and you're at the lake, there's a tiny bit of Coldstream right there. <laughs> Daryl Daryl's living out his memories of being in the <laughs> Okanagan. It's not even just being there. I I did the we did the line painting in Coldstream. Oh and Vernon, fuck! Here we go. So I know the contracts, bro. <laughs> how, good are, how good are those lines? I know bro? the municipal lines. I know where they li- where they go. Such good lines, buddy. Line the, work the... here is immaculate. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably so good. Shout out to Steph. Those those thermoplastic <laughs> crosswalk bars down by the Coldstream uh, municipal office. I fucking oh, put yeah. those there. No big deal, dude. Um, look at you. Yeah. I'm never gonna drive past that place and not think of you now. <laughs> you go the zebra crosswalk. It looks great. But so Isaac and I back to where I was at. Isaac and I were were in church with with my uncle, and it was like it was the thing to do. And we were doing Bible studies every Sunday night. I think young or, adults, young adults. Sorry, young sorry, adults. sorry. Young adult group in in Stan's basement. And, and I don't know. It was just like you know. I always had that struggle in my brain. All my friends were atheists or whatever you want to say. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And then one day, Isaac and I just kind of. I don't know how it happened, but it was, I it was I at the just... it, it was at the end of a uh, of one of our our young adult nights, and we had you and I had both brought up questions for the group, like questioning, like I don't know the validity of some certain things. And then at the end, when you guys were leaving, because I think I still lived there at the time, yeah. Um, when you guys were leaving, I was like, I was like, Daryl, you and I need to sit down and have a chat sometime. And we just went for a beer one night and we figured it out together. And we yeah then, yeah. Then it was we. I had the the aha moment, which is, and. and I'm not claiming to know. I have no idea. So we'll, we'll just wait and get into you in a second, Scott. But yeah, um, I have. I, I don't claim to know anything. I don't try to change people's minds for the most part. But I actually had that moment where I went, "Oh!" And for me, it was a God is not the God that the Bible says, and this isn't real. Like this Bible thing is, it's kind of a nice story tale. Yeah. Story tale? Fairy tale. Story tale. <laughs> Story tale. <laughs> that means two that, things. That's that's what I that's that's kind of where I where I fell off. But but so I also at that point Isaac was still hanging out with a lot of people well, and we were hanging out with like Taylor and and you and then there was you, there was a whole slew of people that we'd see at parties all the time. Yeah. 
I can't remember the Andrew. I remember there's a guy named Andrew. Yeah, yeah, he lived like with the, us at the Brotel. The Rutledge sisters. Yeah, the, um, the yeah. super and famous, the super famous rapper. The super famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, his sister, like, like just a bunch of people that we would hang out with. Ashley. Yeah, we would hang out with these people, but I always got the impression, and it was probably totally just my imagination that I was the, I was Dean Hogan's old heathen cousin. <laughs> that was that was the impression that I got when I was hanging out with people because I was like, "Oh, that's 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 the Hogan. He doesn't believe." And so it was like, "Oh, yeah." But, they they definitely kept a bowl of holy water in the back room just in case he decided to go off. Now let's be honest. I was probably the I I probably did less stupid shit than half the people I just mentioned. But uh, you know, yeah, I had that. I had and that until at least up until that point. To bring yeah. it back to like that Game of Thrones reference, like if the Hogan house, you were like the the like rejected child that nobody claimed. I was Tyrion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the one that the one that didn't get the, the real midget. last name. You were like Snow or Sam. Or that's it. Yeah, I was <laughs> the right. bastard Whatever. kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's what that's, they call me. That's really funny because I totally think that you're right. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember like not thinking that way, but I was like. You know, because for me back then, being, it's such a funny, like, weird mixture for me with all of this stuff, too, because it's like, on one hand, you got all these people who are, like, Christians, and, but also just, like, getting blasted every weekend <laughs> doing every drugs weekend. hooking Ask, up and then just, asking me asking me like hey daryl can we buy weed from you yeah <laughs> dude i bought weed from you yeah i know you did yeah <laughs> the the day after my last exam at ambrose in the brotel we bought some off of you and then this is we yeah so we bought it off you and you like gave it to us and you're like hey just so you know be careful with this <laughs> like <laughs> these are this is pretty wild, and because it was a, it was like pre roll, so we're like, okay, Daryl, we'll be <laughs> fine, man. And we went, and it, again, the most Christian smoking weed thing ever. We walked out to a playground, like <laughs> by our house. You guys want to play grounders? Yeah, we could have just done it at our house. You know, we're adults, but we walked to this playground, and yeah, you were not lying, <laughs> like. Two of us, good shit. two of us, greened out entirely, and then I remember one of our other friends was coming over that night, and we didn't want to like let them know that we were high or something. And I remember just not talking for three hours. <laughs> I get that, and you're probably just, in your brain. Do you know my my little brother did that to me when I drove? Like one of the few times I actually drove the Red Rocket from Calgary back to Kitimat. Yeah, I got back at like nine o'clock at night, and here. I go. I walk into my front door at my mom's house, and here's my brother and like four of his friends, and they're like all clearly fake sleeping in the living room. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are these kids doing? I just go to bed. The next day, or maybe not even the next day, it was probably months later. My brother was like, yeah, mom was gone all day, so we definitely like hollowed out a watermelon and made a giant bong out of it. Oh and we were so high, we didn't want you to give us shit when you got back from Christian school. It's like, oh fuck, that's so funny. Dude, it's so funny how like how much shit people talk about like stoners, but they're just the most like ingenious people ever. Like there's not a problem that they can't solve when it involves <laughs> how am I going to smoke this weed? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and dude, it was way worse back in the day when weed was illegal yeah. because you had to also find out how to get it. 
yeah. and you know how to keep your supply and how and when your supply was running out and you couldn't get a hold of your dealer you had yeah. to find out how to scrounge yeah and it was like you know you were you were finding ingenious ways of of getting every every little tidbit of it nowadays it's like oh. Oh, pfft, chuck it i can just go buy more i was i was lucky like all of my friends that smoked weed or sorry, all of my friends typically smoked weed. So I was always the guy who just got to bum free weed off my Yeah, friends. that was exactly the same as me. Yeah, it was, was great. Killer. Yeah, like, well, and that's the funny thing too. Like I was saying, like, like the way that people saw you, Daryl, is like, it's like all these people just doing everything that is just not supposed to be like what a Christian is doing. But for some reason, the line in the sand is just whether or not they say they're a Christian. And so because you were on the that's other a, side of that point. absolutely arbitrary line, you were somehow different than them. But they could just do all the same stuff. <laughs> but as long as they said that they were a Christian, that was okay. Yeah. And that's they re- like... They repented on Sunday Sunday morning when they had yeah. communion. I remember like, being hardcore or feeling, I don't know, I think I was, I don't think it was just a feeling, but I would always feel super hardcore judged by, so for example, and I don't want to like name too many names, but I, there was a couple times when I went to house parties at some friends of ours, parents' house. So yeah. what, you do, what be, you do is, is you say a first name and a last initial. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. <laughs> or, okay, how about, how about a last name and a first? <laughs> uh, no, no, I'll just pass on that. All but right. no, I'd go there and like, I was the guy who's getting tattooed. And then I was the guy yeah. who always swore a whole bunch. And I was the guy who would like bring beer automatically where all these other guys would mooch beer off everybody else. Yeah. But for some reason, I felt like I was the one getting like, oh, he's the bad influence on the group. Like, I mean, and we all you know, totally were. we all know Taylor would always blame everything on me <laughs> that he got shit from Heather for. <laughs> yeah. Like if Heather found anything out of place in the house, it was immediately, oh, Isaac brought a six pack over. Oh, I, Isaac stayed over. Yeah, sorry. Well, those butts, Isaac's those fault. were Isaacs. Oh, he, there's he a cigarette butt across the street. Must have been Isaac. You, you had the misfortune of like. You just had a bad enough reputation that it didn't matter what else piled onto it. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, true. Like, and I didn't care either. Yeah, so. there's nothing that's going to make those people love you. So why not just blame it on Ike? Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, yep. <laughs> I think Dean did the same shit yeah. in the house. Too. Just oh, keep probably. piling it on. Well, there's you were the real of... Jesus. <laughs> you were the one who bore our sins. Dude, when I moved out of uh, Stan and Luann's place, I forgot. I'm pretty sure like this, the shit we used to drink back then, but I had a bottle of schnapps. Do you remember but, drinking butter schnapps? Butter ripple or peach? Probably butter ripple. Oh, it's oh, so good. But yeah, I had a bottle, like a half drank bottle of schnapps underneath the mattress in my bedroom in the basement. And when I moved out, that's all Dean could tell me about. Oh, Stan found this bottle of schnapps and blah, blah, blah. He wants to take the car back that he sold you. And I was like, whatever, like (laughs) it's schnapps. Oh, how the turn tables. Oh, how the turn tables. (laughs) We'll talk about it. We can let you know that afterwards. Uh, But (laughs) so, okay. So I I just want to, sorry, I'm going to, I'm just kind of, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So then you went to Coldstream or Vernon, whatever. Did, did you get a job at the church? Is that what you're, did you graduate? Yeah, so I I was at Ambrose for two years, and then um, and then I just was like, again, I was hitting that wall with school. I was like, I just can't do this. Like, I'm such a bad student. Like, I've got like severe like ADHD. I'm just not meant. And back then, didn't know it. So I was just this undiagnosed ball of like 
self implosion. <laughs> I just couldn't do anything for myself. And so I just was like struggling through school again so hard. And I just like, for me, I got to the point where I was like, and again, this was me back then. I was like, I don't need the school. I just want to like do the work, do the ministry, be in the church, you know, serving, helping, whatever. And so I just like started like asking people like, Hey, do you want a, can I have a job at your church? Like uh, there's a few churches and people that I knew that I would like, it was interested in working there or whatever. And so I just sent them like emails and just said, Hey, do you want someone to come and like, cause I did like mostly like worship music. That was like my thing. And so I was like, do you want like a worship leader for your youth group or whatever? And then this, and then I moved to Coquitlam and I just went straight. I just bypassed basically Bible school. It's kind of a, almost like an, a racket. Like I didn't need a degree or anything. I just went straight in and became a pastor. I just said, I'm good. Yeah. And then <laughs> I just, yeah, like, I don't, I don't, That's all, I got people want to do it, go for it. But <laughs> good, good work though. Like, yeah, you found a loophole in the system. Yeah. Found a way and it to, was to... very easy to find. All I did was ask somebody. <laughs> <laughs> they just said, sure, come on making, over. Making light of all the people who get their MDivs and have to, you know, get their masters and have to just, you know, for all you eight yeah. years in school. For and, all you plebs out there, that's a master of divinity. <laughs> you didn't know that until yesterday when me and Taylor That's not true. I knew, I knew there was a master of things <laughs> like that. But master I always of thought things it, like that, yeah. Theology, you know, yeah. master of, what was it? Uh, you remember Wig? Chris, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't he a? Wasn't I think he was a theology uh, bachelor of theology. Bachelor of theology. Um. Anyways, I I lived with Wig at Jordan and Timmy's place, and they they used oh, to right, call. Yeah. So they they used to call Wig uh, Reverend Wiggles, and then they actually <laughs> transitioned him when he became a cop. They were starting to call him that at, at when he was a police officer when he first started, <laughs> and I found that little thing out. And then I ran into Wig when I was working for a towing company because he's a cop, and I had to tow some you know, bad people's cars. Yeah. And I ran into him like years later. And the first thing I said, I'm like, what's up wiggles. And he just looked at me like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's a big. scary guy. Yeah. He's a large human being. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a, uh, I've only met, I've only met him a couple times just picking you up at the house or whatever. And yeah, he's just a, he's just a large big guy who looks like he could beat you up if he needed to. I've got a couple great stories to share with you guys after we stop recording at that house. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds good. So you were in, you were in Coquitlam. Yeah. So job, were you a full on worship pastor? Like, did you get like, no, I was pay? like, I was like the, whatever the youth ver the youth group version is. Like I, I worked with like the, in the youth groups. So I wasn't like, I wasn't like a youth pastor that did like the preaching and stuff. I just did all the music. So it was a lot of like, you know, helping and like teaching kids how to like play music and be in a band. I was band just going to ask stuff. that. Did you, you had to like, you had to, you had to pull that 13 year old boy aside who wanted to be a drummer and be like, listen, bud. Yeah. I was, ba it was basically <laughs> like good. a lot. Honestly, it was like, it was basically being like a music teacher in a way. Um, but in just like that Christian context. So it was like, kids who are musicians and they wanted to like get into music i basically would just like help them because i could like you know i play guitar as my main instrument but i'm like you know from doing that for so many years like a pretty good band leader like i can speak with drummers and i can speak with piano players and i can help people understand vocal harmonies like i'm good i'm, I'm able assuming, to like 
I'm assuming you played music like you did worship music growing up when you were a teenager and shit too, right? Yeah, like, like at, I at Bible camp and at church and every yeah, like, yeah. That's okay. basically how I got into all of it was just through like youth group and camp when I was going there, and then I just you know kept playing music, and so that was kind of like at least for me, like I think that's partly why I was able to just bypass finishing school because it was kind of like a niche job that, and this was like in the peak of like hill song music and everybody was trying to get like cool music and their yeah. youth groups to get people to come and so i was just like at the, what like a 19 year old or 20 year old kid that was like i'll play music i'll i'll make a band for you and so i did that for two years and then that's and i that's where i met my wife in coquitlam and then we got married and moved back to vernon with back to where I grew up and I started work doing that same kind of job in the church that I grew up in. And then eventually I kind of did the youth pastor, youth like music thing there. And then I became like the worship pastor there, like the full worship pastor there at the church for two, about two years, maybe before I ended up leaving. And, um, we can, you know, talk more about those circumstances, but yeah, so that's kind of like, and that was, I left like three, just just over three years ago was when I kind of left the like church and then kind of the rest of it. The rest of it. <laughs> I guess so, you could say also. Did, so, and there's, there's a trend and I, and I heard about this like a year ago and then Isaac pointed me to, he, I, I think you showed me one of Scott's videos on TikTok. Oh yeah, you you uh, it was when you had low followers, but you made this video that I was I was extremely impressed with, and I was like, Daryl, you got to watch this. Yeah, some something like that. So he showed me this video, and I'm like, and I'd heard of I've heard of the the deconstruction movement in general, just because you know, yeah, Aaron Aaron Gillespie's been preaching it for the last four years, yeah, since Under Oath came back together and said that they weren't Christians, <laughs> right? Um, so like every like heavy Christian band from our childhood is all doing that now. No. Yeah, Norma 100%. Jean, Under Oath, Asley <laughs> yeah. Dying. Yeah. Asley Dying maybe them. for another reason, but whatever. Yeah, yeah let's, let's be real there. <laughs> yeah. But Yeesh. But it's it's so so I heard that term and then and then Isaac showed me a video or whatever, and you I think it was just like a hashtag with the what you were talking about. So I'm like, oh, so then I went on a deep dive one day and I started just watching all these people talk and and <clears> listen to some of the shit that you had to say. and and just like man, I didn't read because and I'm not Okay, I'm gonna sound like a pretentious old guy right now, a hundred percent. But like, You're not I was deconstructing before deconstruction was cool. Oh, do you know totally. What I, do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. I, did, I did it a long time ago, hundred percent. Just 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 personally, but I I I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, to to a certain extent. But deconstruction, I guess, and it depends on how you how you how you look at it. The churches, for the most part, from what I've I've done, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of Instagram on it and the churches are kind of embracing it like we need to deconstruct the church and do something yeah. with the church but the it might and and correct me if i'm wrong but the original idea of it was to essentially yes deconstruct the church but also deconstruct the religion as a whole am i yeah wrong, like, or? <clears throat> it's kind of like it's a it's funny like it's a it's like a buzzword now that like everybody is using like you said like there's people who've been going through this for so long and ne- in the last like basically since like TikTok really became like a big thing <clears throat> the word <clears throat> excuse me the word kind of got like some viral 
context to it. And now it's like mega church pastors, like of huge mega churches are like talking about the deconstruction movement. And it's really funny to listen to because like, I basically, <clears throat> sorry, I keep fucking coughing. Um, You're allowed to cough, buddy. <laughs> It's no, a fucking water, bro. It's it's like oh, I'm sitting here drinking a gin and tonic, and I'm like, I don't think this is helping me very much. That's but, just gonna dry your throat out even more. <clears throat> I good. know, but it makes me feel skinny. Ike, give oh. me a break. <laughs> hey, gin and tonics, they slap. I used to drink those. Yeah, dude. Used to look at you. Come better on. than me. Um, no, he he just drank. He's not better than you. He just drank all. an orange vanilla seltzer, and it makes me feel fat. <laughs> so. <laughs> These are fucking delicious. No, I drank an orange, ginger, whatever the fuck, seltzer, and uh, IPA, yeah. and I'm dry now. Thanks for bringing down not enough beer. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Brutal. Um, what was I saying? How really Yeah, it's become like this. <laughs> it's become this like big buzzword, and like, um, for me, because yeah, you kind of mentioned like TikTok or whatever. Like, I started putting up like videos on TikTok about it. Because I had got, I didn't, I had heard of the term from. Um, do you guys remember? Or you may have listened to their podcast. Um, but all the the guy, some of the guys from Emory had a podcast called Bad Christian. Did you guys? No, but heard of that? speaking of Emory, their new album, like rub some dirt on it, is yeah. fucking incredible. Really, I it I is just so good. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. I just it just came out it's, like like l- a couple, a couple weeks, ago? weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. it's honestly unbelievable. I just love yeah. Emory. I've so they Emory. were They're the so kind good. of the. <laughs> They were kind of the ones that like started it for me. They were the ones that kind of introduced me to that word. Like, I don't know, maybe back in like 2017 or 18. And like the idea then as, as I kind of understood it was, it's like, you know, if you view your like religious beliefs as like, you know, a big building or something, it's kind of like starting to just pull it apart piece by piece and seeing what are what is actually at the structure of this whole thing. Like what's holding this whole thing up? Like it the intention was kind of like pull it apart so you can understand how to put it back together in a way that maybe makes more sense. And that was kind of my like I guess my motivation when I started is I started to just have like you guys talked about just like irreconcilable questions and this was all happening while i was a pastor and so i started having these like that makes a difference for sure too well and this is like and that ties into like the basically the reason why i left the church is like i started having all of these like thoughts that i couldn't reconcile anymore like i was like into like apologetics and i was trying so hard to like make sense of all this stuff like so for and anyone I, listening, Aaron, um, apologetics is when you're trying to, <laughs> Aaron, just you, uh, apologetics is when you're trying to essentially prove the 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 Bible stories true. Yeah, it's like Christian science yeah. scientists and historians trying to make a case for prove it's real. Yeah. Um, but I would like, I was trying to like figure out all of these like questions that I was having, like you guys were talking about, and the thing that was so difficult for me is because like like you guys kind of had that moment where you guys had it way before me and you kind of had it at the time that I wish I would have just admitted it to myself but I was like you know my like it was like my family was wrapped up in that all my friends like everything in that world was like motivating me to try to make sense of it all 
And so I just stayed and I just committed. And I was like, maybe if I double down and just become a like a pastor, <laughs> that's the thing that will make it all make sense or whatever. It, it and, sounds it sounds ridiculous when you say it like that, but it totally. is so true. No, it's, it's completely true. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like you don't want to let your family down. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you say something or if you decide that it's not true, you're letting your, not just like your mom and dad, but your siblings, your uncles, aunts, your grandparents, especially when you're from a church family. Yeah. Like it's, well, and like, yeah. And I think the thing for me is too, is like, there was a part of me that like believed in all of the good shit, you know, like I believed in like, I like the things that Jesus like talked about in terms of like the way he talked about like money and being selfless and generous. And like, I was so invested in like, like the good things that Jesus would try to teach people about, like, you know, being like kind of like an anti-establishment, anti-materialist, anti, like just, he was very like, he had all these great thoughts and I was like, I love that stuff. And I thought it was so life-changing or could be so life-changing, but I just couldn't separate those ideas away from like the evangelical church for some reason. And so I just like doubled down and dove right into it. And, uh, and I think what happened for me kind of in the midst of all that is that all of those like questions that I had and things that I, those thoughts that I was trying to reconcile eventually piled up to the point where I was like, you know, I'm like 29 years old, 30 years old, realizing like, okay, I'm now in a position where what I believe is what, or sorry, my income is directly connected to what I believe. And I'm married, I have one kid and another kid coming. And I'm like, I had to basically get to this point where I was like, I have to make a choice between like supporting my family with this profession because I have no other skills, right? Like I have nothing else to do for another, like other work. Like I've been a pastor for. You showed me you had some nunchuck skills back in the day. (laughs) 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 So I had to, had to Napoleon dynamite on you for a second. You, but but yeah, you, you were, you were a pastor. That's the way you were supporting your family. You had to, you have to pay your rent or your your mortgage. You have to yeah. put food well, on the table. When, when you've got a family, for- like when you've got you got a kid or a kids, or whatever. Um, the one of the scariest things is the thought of trying to start from scratch somewhere. Yeah, like, tell 100%. me about it. Daryl knows that firsthand. Well, I'll tell you about that. I, I struggle with that from time to time. Like it's it's a thought that's like it leads to a lot of different worries, man. Like it's a it's a lot of stress. So I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yo, yeah, and like for me. I had been a pastor for 10 years at that point. Like I had no transferable job skills, like nothing to go to like another type of sector and be like, oh, hey, I have these skills here. Everyone, everywhere I'd go, my resume just says pastor for 10 years and people are like, what's that? <laughs> and so I was like at this crossroads where I was like, I either have to choose between basically like having my thoughts be a secret for the rest of my life or I have to, or I have to start over from scratch, like in terms of like professionally, financially. And, and that, and I, that was probably something that I like struggled with for like, probably like severely for two years, but even longer, like I could feel the changing thoughts and beliefs and perspectives. And like the last 
probably like the last year and a half that I was at the church, like I was having really intense like chest pain. So I thought I had a heart condition. I was constantly going to the doctor, going to the ER, getting different scans, trying to get like find out what was the cause of all of this like chest pain I was having because I thought I was I had a heart condition and everything just kept coming back fine. My heart was healthy. Everything was good. We just couldn't figure out what, what it was. So the fucking um, worst. I, oh, oh, yeah. I so it. I, I was trying to like figure out a way to like just keep track of my heart because I was having insane anxiety about like, I'm going to have a heart attack at any second. That's how it felt. Um, so I bought an, it was like, I always like, I make the joke that like Apple ruined my relationship with Jesus because I got an <laughs> Apple watch and I started tracking my heart rate. And Bro, bad idea. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a good idea. No, it's a terrible idea. I got <laughs> when I first got my like fitness watch or whatever, like the one that it tracks my heart rate, tracks my like stress levels and all that shit. I couldn't stop looking at it for like a week straight. Well, dude, that's that's what. So I yeah, I started wearing it, and I was constantly checking my heart rate, and I realized like the average day, like at the office. I was walking around just sitting down at my desk. My heart rate was like 120 beats per minute. When I was like on weekends, like playing music, my heart rate was 190. Like it was, it was like I was sprinting. Like I was absolutely pinned to the point where like I was seeing my heart, my heartbeat in my eyes. Like my eyes were pulsing. My vision was like in time with my heartbeat. Dude, that's brutal. That and is... I couldn't, we couldn't figure out, figure it out. Cause like my blood pressure was good. My cholesterol was good. Like everything was fine. And then, um, eventually like I went to my doctor and I was just like, what can we do? Like I, I, every single day I feel like I'm dying and he's based and he just said, he's like, have you ever considered that you have anxiety? And I never really, like, I'd always like, knowing that I had, you know, the amount of anxiety that I think we all have, you know, but I never really thought about it that way because like my mind wasn't anxious. It was like my actual like body, my like nervous system was, uh, um, it was betraying me. Yeah. It was surfacing (laughs) through your body instead of like your thoughts, It was crazy. I didn't even know that was possible. And so my doctor And all of this was because of that, like, basically, like, that impending doom of having to choose between do I live the rest of my life pretending or do I or do I take care of my family or start over? Like what? Those are the two options. Yeah. And so my doctor wrote me a note for like a like a medical stress leave. And so I went I went on a leave of absence, like and at that point I was like maybe if I just get healthy, I'll be able to come back and I'll figure these things out when I'm not so stressed about work, blah, blah, blah. And during that, I was like, I can never in a million years go back. Otherwise, I'm just going to end up in this exact same position that I'm in now. So I decided during my leave, I submitted my like resignation or whatever. And the craziest thing is like within... I'd say like the first two weeks, I was like a wreck on that leave. I was just like mangled, couldn't sleep, insomnia, like severe panic attacks and worrying that like, I don't know, like I had like this crazy fear that like I was lying or something like 
that I was making it all up and the government was going to catch me and everyone like <laughs> I was freaking the That's fuck out brutal. for like two or three weeks that this whole thing was a lie and I was a faker and this and that. And then after like that, my body kind of came down from that stress. Like I was my heart, which was like, yeah, like my resting heart rate was like a hundred or 110 went down to like 50 like everything just like once that like adrenaline cleared out of my system all of that shit just totally like resolved itself when i could finally just admit this is what i think this is what i believe this is who i am this is not who i am all of that tension just kind of like release from my body and then i was like okay um i need to do a lot more questioning and searching and figuring out what's going on because now for the first time i feel healthy <laughs> and i was always promised that with christianity and i never got it in christianity but i got it on the outside so that's mm -hmm. when i was like intensely started to lean into like all of those questions and thoughts and ideas that i had that I was kind of like secretly having, that's when I like basically just fully embraced them what's, at that point. What's so funny, I, I, it's, I, it's just, and maybe this is common, but when I was back in the day, like, I don't know, I was, I was a newlywed. I was uh, married to my wife who was a Christian. Um, I was having, I was so depressed. Like every day I was fucking yeah. depressed. I told when I told my wife and I told my dad and my mom that I did not believe anymore. Um, honestly, when and then they when my I and I lucked out. I know a lot of people don't have this. My parents were like, you know what? If anyone was to do this or anyone was to say this, it's probably going to be you. We'd love you no matter what. Like, <laughs> yeah, we get it. And 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 that was kind of a relief. But I felt so much better. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And that was. It's crazy that that something like that can weigh on a person so heavily. And and yeah. I and and the same thing. I had this. I have the same thing as you. Isaac was looking at me, pointing at me when you were explaining your heart thing, which isn't a real heart thing. It's all a mental thing creating a heart thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those, I got those friend phone calls. Yeah. I would call Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, oh, I yeah. think I'm dying. Yeah. Oh. And he's dude. like, he's like, he's like, you're not, dude. You're perfectly fine. I went to the I've doctor. myself. I've driven myself to the ER at midnight multiple times I, at that time. I haven't done life. that. I I would I would uh, I got a blood pressure machine for my my mother in law. I would check my blood pressure twice a day every day. I check yeah. my pulse every day. I would I would do that. And then, luckily, my doctor immediately, who is also a mental health guy, just said immediately, "Oh, this is a hundred percent anxiety." Yeah. So he, I got a I got a counselor, and. Yeah. I learned I had some I have some fucking tools and anxiety still creeps up like I've quit I quit my job when I first moved back to Calgary from Kelowna I quit my job because I was having panic attacks every day essentially yeah. at at a, at a job so I quit I didn't have a new job I just quit I had to get out I got a job the next day it was fucking awesome um yeah. right now I've been and then I I anytime there's conflict at my job in the last 2 years where I'm at I have conflict I get an anxiety attack and now I have the tools and it's kind of nice to have those, but I, I, it's, it's, this is like kind of going another direction, but it is crazy. Like I talked to a, I also got a therapist talked, started talking to a therapist about stress and anxiety and PTSD. And it is crazy how somebody with a level head that understands the actual biology of it can tell yeah. you the simplest things 
just educate you in the smallest way sometimes yeah that can help you immensely to deal with those certain things that change that radically for you it's wild oh i know and it's like it's the thing the thing with that stuff too is like as soon as you start doing like counseling and therapy and it just like as soon as you hear them say something or the way that they, they they explain something to you it's just like like the perfect fitting puzzle piece just falling into place you're just like Oh, like you, <laughs> That's exactly you don't, it. you don't have to like struggle to reconcile the idea that they're presenting you with. Like you don't have to try to, you know, work your way around this or that, you know, like that so much of that, like the way that Christianity would kind of try to help with mental health was like, it would offer you these like platitudes that were like romantic, but not helpful. And but then when you actually get real help for those things, and you talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, and they explain what's going on, you're just like, oh, oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's so much exactly what it is. That's actually usable. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it makes such a difference, dude. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. yeah so I like <clears throat> to kind of bring it around to like the deconstruction thing. Like, I would say like for about you know the first eight months or so after I left, um, I was pretty quiet about it. Like I didn't bring it up. And then, yeah, just TikTok was like a place where I was like, oh, I don't have any followers on TikTok. I'll just throw up a few, like whatever deconstruction videos. No one's going to see it. I have no followers. And then I threw up this one video that was like, it was talking about how, um, it was the the idea was how like when you're in Christianity, one of the things that you're taught is that like God loves you in spite of who you are. Like that's constantly the thing that you're told that in, God loves you in spite of all the bad things you've done. And one of the things that that does to people is it conditions them to believe that they're inherently unworthy of being loved, right? Like they're not good enough to be loved or receive yeah. love or experience love. Or you just and constantly I just, carry that guilt. Yeah, yeah, and and everything like you're constantly having to beg for your right to be appreciated or respected or loved because your religious understandings have taught you that you need to basically beg for it because you don't sinner. deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> and so I threw a video. I just threw this rand like one minute video up just explaining that, and then it just went like viral, and then I got all these followers on TikTok, and then became like this deconstruction person that would and I, and it's and it's funny because like i'm by far the dumbest person <laughs> on tiktok <laughs> talking about deconstruction in terms of like like i didn't even i was too, i couldn't even finish bible school which is the easiest kind of school <laughs> I, I guess, that's too funny no but but there's a i guess there's a big difference on that front it's it's when you've lived it it's a lived yeah. experience you know it like Christianisms, you can throw out Christianisms to me, and that's why I still love I still love Christian humor. I still love like John Christ is one of the best comedians out there. Oh yeah and, yeah, and 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 he's still you know he's still a believer and 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 all that good stuff. But he makes the comments, and I go, ah, oh, someone's finally fucking saying it. Like <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, good. Like we need to we need to catch ourselves. And then there's shows like I don't know if you have you watched the Righteous Gemstones. Oh dude, yeah, like. Oh my Love god, it. and that's true. Like it's I know, I know that's that's a it's not a true story, but like Joel Osteen is just a piece of shit. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. That whole like 
like mega church. It's just literal organized crime. Yeah. Did you did you watch that uh, Hillsong documentary? Oh, four yeah. parts or whatever. Oh, yeah, my dude. God. It drives me like it's that's a that's a thing. Like, well, and my brother, uh, well, you did. You were a worship pastor. My brother's he's not a worship pastor. He just leads worship all the time. But he buys into it. He still does. They still they still pay their monthly subscription to the the I, yeah. I don't know what it's called. You you might, but it's like the the service that they can get unlimited downloads of all of the like the song, the sheet music, oh, and, and, and all I don't that even stuff. Remember. But Fuck, yeah, it's yeah. it's like a, it's like a thing that you buy into. It's like a monthly subscription that yeah. churches pay, and it's not cheap. It's like a when couple hundred keep, bucks a month. Well, and that's the thing. Like you, th- like that was the heart. So I like once I got over, like okay, I can just accept the fact that you know, basically my entire religious framework and the, my foundation is crumbling and being redefined and whatever. The hardest thing for me to work through is like now having to like work on forgiving myself for having participated in that system at all. You know what I mean? Cause like <clears throat> with you guys who, who, who did it and got, you know, asked those questions at, you know, a way earlier stage of life than I did, you know, you guys kind of got out and it was like, no harm, no foul, you know? And for me, no, I'm like, but, but it is. Well, maybe maybe not for Isaac, but for me, like, hey, I disappoint I disappointed my mom severely. All right, <laughs> you, you did no, but 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 I, I mean, like, but I, I I know what you're saying. You're I'm a, well, I don't know exactly what you're saying. I can't read your mind, but I I figure you're you're saying that you were part of the quote unquote problem, like you were involved in it. You were yeah, potentially it's just like you know teaching people the wrong way of thinking because you were in a form of leadership. But I still have. I have, well, actually, both my cousins and their dad, who were pastors, aren't pastors anymore. But my other uncle is a pastor. My dad's still a pastor. My brother still does worship every Sunday. Like, it's yeah. it's still I'm still a big part of it. Um, I'll go. My brother will still call me, Daryl. Can you come play drums for me on Sunday? And I'll go play. Yeah. And and I don't I don't give a shit about the music. I'm just like I haven't played drums with my brother in a while. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah. And he's good. Like, you know, he's good at worship. I'm good at, yeah. I learned to play in church. So it's just, it's fun. But, but like, no, you, I, I, I'm not, you, you can let your, you can keep yourself on the hook all you want. I'm letting you off the hook though, Scott. You don't have to feel <laughs> bad you. that you were in there longer. Everyone has their own path. Yeah. And I think that's just, <laughs> that's like, that's what I mean, right? Like, that's the thing now where it's like, okay, I've like, I've basically like, I've absolved my fear of, you know, going to hell because hell's not real. That's insane. <laughs> like, uh, wait a second. Have you not seen Constantine? Okay. <laughs> the, well, the worst part about hell, it's the guy who's stuffing the leg de- into the the meat grinder, the tree grinder in uh, Fargo. Didn't you know? That's the devil. <laughs> oh, I'm, that's hell. I'm down with hell. If hell's like cool, man, like well, comic book shit, that's fine. Oh, that yeah. hell can be real. South Park hell. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, what's funny is that hell isn't even, Hell's only mentioned like once in the Bible, the lake of fire. Oh yeah. Eternal damnation. Like, and it's only in revelation and Daniel. It's in two books. Like, well, like so much of the way that, and just the way that we're taught about what hell is. And this was like one of the first things that like I started to pick apart. Like this was the first hole that kind of, or one of the first ones that kind of popped for me was like questions about hell. And then like questions about like, you know, like, 
the the Bible's perspective on, or not the Bible's perspective, but like evangelical Christians' perspective on like queer people and 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 trans people and things like that. I was just like, hey, this is weirdly anti Jesus, not in the Bible. Well, it's not <laughs> oh in the God. Bible, but it's also anti Jesus. Yeah. Like the uh, these all these fucking churches in the South uh, that that drive themselves that 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 get on a on a pedestal about it doesn't matter what the topic is they get on a pedestal about it but the fact of the matter is that you know if jesus was actually here he would totally be hanging out with all the people that you're saying are fucking horrible 100 yeah that's that's, that's who he'd hang that, out with that's the thing like with that whole conversation is like it, i i just one day my I, I just feel like i realize like oh evangelicals they just really care about a bunch of stuff that Jesus never talked about. And they ignore basically everything he said about money conveniently. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they ignore churches. everything he said about like all these other things. And they just pick on like marginalized people for existing. And I was like, okay, that's that, that was the moment for me where I was like, okay, this might be bullshit. And then like, and then I start, you know, yeah, I was like, oh, hell's kind of just made up too. And then I was like, well, if hell's not real, hey, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, that's basically like once hell goes, then there's no reason to be scared to stay. And yeah, that's, that's kind of where I find myself now is I'm like, I can read the Bible or listen to like things Jesus said and like be appreciative of those things. But and but then also accept like goodness and truth from all other types of like religious or non-religious or just generically spiritual sources and just say all of this can be true it's not not truth can't can't be gatekept by some religion or some single perspective there's just you know a universal realities that we all can know and discover in different ways and that's fine and there's not some angry god out to punish us so just Live your life and be happy. There is, dude. <laughs> you know, it's, it's called the flying spaghetti monster, and he is <laughs> vengeful. <laughs> yeah. It's you know what I, I got to give it to certain people though. Like my, I went, I went to uh, Cape and Ray in Spain. Um, yeah, and uh, oh, I'm, you went to Cape and Ray? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. dude, you were deep. No, but <laughs> deep in it. <laughs> it's like it's like Bible camp for people that graduated high school already. <laughs> people who couldn't leave Bible camp behind. <laughs> There's so many awkward boners. <laughs> so- so many awkward boners. Dude, I remember getting boners sometimes during worship. Back Not for of, any NRBs. Dude, just no reason. Back of the bus, dude. Bro. <laughs> they happen. Dude, worship is oddly sexual. <laughs> it gives you the feels. Yeah. Th- so there's... Oh, sorry, I'll get back to Cape and Rain in just a second. But there's there's uh, there's two things that I really nor- n- noticed as soon as I kind of gave up on, on church back in the day. Number one was any time that I felt... I thought I felt the spirit was actually bullshit because the only times I ever felt the spirit was when music was happening, when it was worship. Yeah. And I felt that same way listening to a beautiful song that was about whatever in the car that wasn't a Christian song. And I'm like, oh, it's the yeah. music that gives me tingles, not the fucking Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then the second one was, and I'm not going to name him, <coughs> Dean, um, but the second <laughs> one was I when I was still trying to get better, I was smoking weed when I was still quote unquote Christian. Right. And and then you were doing I, the one thing all the Ambrose kids wouldn't do and well, they judged you for that it. That was it. But no, but I it wasn't even judgment. I went to YC with Dean and I went to a, an event 
um, yeah. when it was at Rock Point Church or whatever. And it was like a quiet point at the end where everyone's going to meet with people. You're going to meet, find a little group and you're going to go pray off on the side. And then I'm like, Dean, you know, I, and I was trying and I said, and, and I give it to Dean. He was, he was trying in to be the best person he could. Um, and I'm sorry, Dean, if you're listening, I I'm throwing you under the bus, but it was just my experience in that moment. But I said to him, you know, I, I have, I like weed. I smoke it all the time. It's good, but I know it's a sin. It's illegal. Like it's definitely bad. Like, and, and I'm supposed to be yeah. at church on Sunday mornings and he's like, well, let's pray about it. I'm like, okay. Thinking it's going to be quiet because this is a quote unquote, especially at that time it's illegal. Um, and I'm like, don't fucking say it out loud. And then he prayed for me loudly, <laughs> not, not on purpose. <laughs> he had no idea. And I've never said anything to him. So now I'm saying it on, you know, in a public place. <laughs> good, good Daryl. But, but he prayed loudly and he's like, God, get rid of this, you know, uh, affliction or this love of or addiction to weed the or weed whatever. demon this demon and i was just like <laughs> I, and then i walked away going oh fuck and then I, after that i just didn't i just i was just like okay it's over and so it's yeah. it's just like it's kind of funny that that the the two things that i thought were the best were those you know those moments where it's like the presence is here the lord is here or worship with the tingles and getting your arms on your or the hair on your arm standing up I found that yeah, I found like, that even more in like just good music. It's basically just serotonin, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just stuff happening in your body that like can easily be replicated, but you're told that it's one thing your whole life, so you're led to believe that. Like, I think like I I definitely when I left, kind of shut down that part of myself for a while, where I was like, I was I'd realized that I had spent so many years of my life in this like context where like emotional manipulation through music was so normal like i had experienced it and i had also like participated in it oh yeah 100%. and then and then i was like i came out of that and i was like oh i don't want to feel anything because feelings are a vehicle for manipulation so if i can just empty myself of feeling things then i can't be manipulated that is such you know a, what i mean that like, is such an amazing i'm sorry to jump in that's such an amazing way to say that yeah like like, like that that worship is emotional manipulation oh it absolutely 100%. is like the way that the songs are structured and the builds and the bridges and the drops and like all of it is like building to like create emotional emotional climaxes in in those contexts and like Oh, can I say the best one right now? Tim Hughes, yeah. highest and greatest. He's got like this big build up in it, and it just—I I still pop that CD in every once in a while. It's—it's <laughs> it's so good, like musically, Dude, it's beautiful. It actually is a science. Like when you go back and listen to worship music, you realize, oh, all of it is just trying to make you is just working its way up to this giant orgasmic bridge. <laughs> I think, <laughs> like I, think I must I must have put it all together when I listened to uh, "Small Spark versus a Great Forest" by Norma Jean. Yeah. <laughs> That was my realization, I think. <laughs> that was yours? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this also happens for music that isn't Christian music. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah, you get those feelings and you're like, well, I know the Holy Spirit ain't here <laughs> in this music. As I, as I suplex somebody in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I still get the, every once in a while I go home and my mom will say, oh, you know, it's just too bad, Daryl, that you're not coming to heaven with us. Every once oh in a while, every, every once in a while, she does the she does the old emotional manipulation on me. It doesn't work on me. No, um, my dad and my brother. I've I've never had the conversation since. I've never I've 
I am not ever going to try to convince them otherwise. Yeah. I, I, it's just not my lot in life. They, if they, I, I, I'll give my dad the utmost respect. He's a pastor who 30 years ago would have thought that my wife is the most horrible person in the world, that she's a <laughs> Satanist. But my dad bought her on his Amazon account before we had our own a witchcraft book because my wife's into that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and and he bought her that, and he's like, you know, twenty years ago, I wouldn't have bought this. He's, he's like, but now he's yeah, like, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. So I, well, I give and him you got to remember, like, our parents' generation was raised in a way more insane well, church the, the context than 80s we were. Was the right? satanic like, panic in Canada? Yeah, like for them, it's like they even that th- those small amounts of progress is like it's not nothing to overcome. Like you think our fear of hell was bad growing up like theirs was times a thousand (laughs) and so i think it's important to like recognize for people like appreciate little signs of progress i guess you could say yeah but it's yeah like it's fun learning learning new ways and 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 seeing other perspectives and going oh there's there's some documentaries that i've watched repeatedly that that People shouldn't watch them. Like, just it's uncomfortable. But like Jesus Camp or Camp Jesus, whatever. Oh yeah, that one. I it just makes me upset that people are yeah are indoctrinating children the way they are. Um, Yeah, should look into Jared Leto's summer camp. (laughs) We don't talk. I'm looking for a new savior. So, um, if he is offering him his his savior services, who's that? Jared Jared Leto? Leto. He's he's a terrible person. He's like a cult leader oh, now, 100%. like full on. Just yeah. yeah, he's he's out there. I was I was being sarcastic. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> Jared, Jared Leto being my lord and savior. Thank you very much. Oh, but, but yeah, oh, sorry, talk, sorry, talking sorry. about small uh, small progressions though, and people like my mom. It's so funny because my sister was like this angel kid that never got in any trouble. I was the horrible kid who did everything. Like I didn't even do the worst shit, but I just didn't you care got about getting caught. Yeah, so I always got caught. always gotten shit always got in trouble and it was almost like i was trying to make a point of it because i wanted to be like the center of attention for some reason at that point in my life um who doesn't right my mom was like so strict like i had a curfew until i left like until i moved out and moved to calgary i still had a curfew and then my brother came along after me and was like allowed to do everything which was an improvement for my mother and then uh now like my mom like every time we're gonna see my mom it's if she's coming here, she's like, can you make sure there's Coke zero in the house? I'm bringing the whiskey. And then my, and then when we're going to her house, she's like, I'm going to the liquor store. What do you guys want? I'm like, I yeah. love you mom. Like she's still, you know, she still is a believer and whatever, but it's those yeah. little improvements, those little, those I little, think, yeah. you know, loosen the we belt wore, a little bit. We wore her down a little bit. Oh, when we, on, we kept on visiting all our her trips. in Victoria, we would just constantly go to Victoria and get tattooed by Steve and stay oh, at her right. house. And and every time we come back with a new tattoo, my mom would just be like less and less ups- like upset about it. And, so, and we'd, yeah. we'd bring our cigarettes, we'd bring our booze. Yeah, I'm sitting out there at the table smoking a cigarette for my mom, and she was like slowly, like never okay with it, but just like slowly, like less and less uh, yeah. strict. Well, and it. I think the thing, it like for that generation too, like part of what we're doing is like they were always told that like people who did that stuff were like in like bad people in bad places, like yeah. I think when they see like, oh, this person is actually great and happy and healthy and 
kind, but they do drink or they do smoke or they do all the bad things that I was told to be afraid of. Like the more that they see us like healthily navigate through life, the more that they kind of realize, oh, okay, maybe I can relax a little bit too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes yeah. Sense. Like you see, you see people who like, you would be very quick to judge, you know, book by its cover, but who are leading like a healthy, happy life and being like good influences on their children and, and role models yeah. for other people. And yeah, it's like, I don't know. And there's, and there's no religion involved. It's and just there's zero they're, religion. They're doing involved. it because, but having said that, people. having said that, do you guys, this is a question, I guess, do you guys believe that that sort of morale morality comes organically? Or do you think that that comes out of the fact that we were raised in a place that teaches you so quote unquote, good morality? Because I feel, I feel like that's one of the best things that came from me growing up in a religious household was that it gave me a good idea or a good understanding of the balance of morality and living my life like I understand right from wrong on like a very like clear and like, I don't know, just like level-headed plane, I guess. But I, I believe that people – now, this is kind of a fucking over I'm, – I'm reaching here, but I believe that people are inherently good at heart in general. I think it's it's circumstances and society and and different things that cause people to be kind of shitty. Usually, to be honest, still drugs and alcohol when not done properly. Um, yeah, that that's a huge factor in terms of of kids who had shitty morals and and that kind of things. At least in North America, you're talking I'm about speaking, like, like growing up as a kid being yeah. exposed to drugs and alcohol at a very young age. No, no, no. Having parents who had a problem with it. That's what I mean. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, but I think, I believe that we are inherently good. I do think there is a moral value that Christianity brought Mm -hmm. to me in how I raise my kids. I, I'm surprisingly strict compared to what I thought I would be before my kids came. Yeah. I'm just as strict (laughs) as I thought I would be. Well, we, we knew Red Foreman was (laughs) fucking strict. I I model myself. I model myself as after Red Foreman. (laughs) Yeah. How, how old are your kids, Scott? Uh, five and three. Five and three. Fun times. Two boys. Yeah. Shit, we're kind of like yeah, we're think, all in the middle of each other. Yeah, like, I, got, all, I got a six and one. Six and one. I'm a I'm a okay. three and point eight. Yeah, <laughs> three, point eight. <laughs> three, three and 0.8. What What do you think? Yeah. What do you think, Scotty? Yeah, I think like it's kind of like what I was saying. Like, I think all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff that Christianity presents that's like morally good. You know, like. Like I was talking about like all that, there's a ton of stuff that like Jesus says and there's things in the Bible that are like, you know, good morals to instill. I just don't think that those things are exclusive to the Bible. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I I think that was, that was the big realization for me is that like, oh, I actually don't need like the, the, the apparatus of Christianity to explain to my kids how to be good, how to be kind, how to be gracious, forgiving, generous, you know, um, open and inviting, like, or even like the, like the, to stay away from like, you know, don't be an asshole. Don't do, you know, all of the things you also want to avoid in life. You know, like, I think I just was always taught my whole life that that was like something that only Christianity taught exclusively and that like if we didn't like one of the big things that like apologetics will always say is like well if you don't believe in god what's your basis for morality and i'm just like i don't know being alive everyone just having a sense that when you (laughs) kill someone it sucks yeah being a kind (laughs) just being a kind person for the sake of not pissing someone off 
Yeah, like I just you're, when you're taught from day one that you're inherently evil, it's very easy to convince those same people that oh, without this, you'd be real a real fuck. A real, yeah. <laughs> Everyone is born <laughs> you know, in sin. Yeah, like I just I just think that like of all the good things that Christianity did teach me and that I still kind of try to hold on to today, I just the more I like I don't know look around the world, the more I just realize that's came in certain versions of Christianity, but it's also found in so many other places that I'm like, for me, raising my kids and not teaching them about, you know, that type of religious stuff, I'm like, oh, I can just give them all of that goodness without the heavy, like traumatizing bullshit, like hell (laughs) and all that sort of stuff as well. You know, like, I think that's where a lot of Christians like you could tell they were only being good because they didn't want the consequences of being bad. Yeah. You know? Oh, I know all those and people. Like, I was that person. Yeah. Well, me too. Like, And that's the thing where it's like, does that mean, does that actually make you a good person? Or does that just mean you're just basically good at self-preservation? No, you're you're <laughs> like a dog. You're, you're being good to yeah. get a treat. Okay. Hot take. Jesus was just a cool, chill dude. In, in that that actually existed. He just liked to smoke some vine, drink some wine, and just <laughs> spread some health and goodness. He and was then a some people, some people decided to write a book about him out of convenience and out of a way of, of uh, as a tool of control of other people. There you go. Yeah, like figured it out. I affirm your hot take. It's <laughs> a good hot take. Jesus, does remember he's a he's a, a white skinned individual. <laughs> <laughs> In Israel, two thousand years ago. Wait, which translation is this? <laughs> this is the New Daryl translation. Um, well, let's let's get let's wrap her up here. Uh, we've been rolling for a little while here, but uh, yeah. Beforehand, I did. I want to finish my caponry story. I'm very proud of my buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. I remember. Of course you did. Um, so I went. I I went to caponry with this guy named Ben. Awesome dude. Um, he was like my good buddy from Minnesota. We never, obviously, he lives in the states. I I I visited him a couple times. He visited me a couple times, but when I got married to Michelle, we went down, we did a road trip down the West Coast, and he lived in LA at the time, so we went and visited him, and um, he asked me straight up, because he's like, I know, I hear you're not, or I don't know if, if he heard or how, either way, the conversation came up, he's like, so so you don't believe in God anymore, but it was a good conversation, and then we went out for dinner, all of us, we had a great time, great visit in every other way, and we went out for dinner, and he's like, he's like, is He's like, I know it's not your guys' thing, but can I pray for dinner? I'm like, sure, go for it, Ben. And he did, but he actually, and he started his prayer with, uh, you know, dear Jesus or flying spaghetti monster, whatever you may be. And then he did it. He's <laughs> like, bless this dinner, whatever. And I'm like, good on you for not being a fucking asshole and being like, <laughs> hey, you know, you do you, I do me. We're still buds. Doesn't matter. And I was yeah. like, good, good job. Because- you know, I have I have a coworker. Sorry, I'm going into something, but whatever. I have a coworker who was a Shocked. was an ex Jehovah's Witness, and right. essentially, I, I should I will not say this, this family's never going to hear this, but but if <laughs> if if his family found out about his 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 lifestyle and and just not his beliefs, he would be completely excommunicated. Um, I have another yeah. guy that I used to know who was Mormon. Same thing. He was Mormon. Yeah. He is excommunicated and he has no contact with his family at all because he's, yeah. he said Mormonism is bullshit. So I'm lucky. Well, that's my lucky. question. Like, 
that's the thing like bringing it back to that question of morality is like where's the morality in that in rejecting your own child yeah but yeah, you know well, like it's it's that's brutal. the thing that mangles me with like that sort of thing is that like that people would choose something that they can't see over a living breathing human being that they made yeah. <laughs> sitting right in front of them because they don't Believe they don't the have thing. the same beliefs right like that's yeah. that's the thing for me it was like when my kids were born right like i was just like oh there's like just nothing in the world that this kid could ever become that would make him not like be perfect to me. Yeah, if like, he became a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's be okay. Even I have limits, right? No, like I get it. That though. was just the thing. Like I was like, I'm looking at my kid, and I'm like, oh, I could never, I could never hurt this person on purpose. And then I think of like, oh, and then but then you think about like, oh, you know, God's love is perfect, but. Before that, he wants to burn me alive forever unless I say sorry. I was like, "That's not good. That's not. <laughs> that's not happy, nice dad love. That's crazy. That's crazy." Person. And I'm like, "Yeah, I just that's what that's what kills me, man. Like, how many people have been, you know? And it sounds like you, like all of us, have been fairly lucky in ha being able to keep those, you know, familial relationships intact, mostly. Like, but there's people out there who just like." Yeah. yeah. For me, I had to choose between like a profession and my beliefs. And there's people who have to choose between like their whole family and their whole community yeah. and their beliefs. Their entire life, just, all their friends, extended family. Yeah. That's where it's, it's nuts. You got to tear down the system, man. That's it. Well, let's, <laughs> let's be honest, you know, as ex evangelical people or, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. At least we weren't fucking Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> At least we weren't crazy like the Mormons. Dude, they have it so much worse than us. <laughs> so much worse. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I feel just, so bad. I just don't. I don't get it. They're, I, they and they they know it all. That's the makes it hard. Anyway, Scott, thank you yeah. so much for coming on with us. I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, this was awesome. Thanks, this buddy. Was so much fun. It was fun. It's good to catch up with we'll, you boys. Again. We'll have to do one with uh, Taylor on at some point. And uh, oh and yeah, just... I'd love to talk shit to his face. So yeah. much shit. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the best way. We do a we do a code word thing at the end of our episodes. I don't know if you ever listen, but uh, do you have? Could you think of a code word for us? A code word. If, if you don't have one, I have a Bible verse. I'll say, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're going like to say just it any is. inanimate like yes. secret just password. Anything yes. doesn't matter. Gin and tonic. Gin and th that's there a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Mine was going to be Ezekiel twenty three twenty, but uh, yours is <laughs> yours is better. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> do you, Do you know that verse? Oh yeah. Every Bible Wait. school kid knows that verse. Yeah, that's the one about the donkeys. Donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, or she, there, she lusted after her lovers whose genitals were like those of horses and whose emissions were like that of a donkey. Yeah, shout out to donkeys, you know? <laughs> donkey come. <laughs> Loads. <laughs> donkey come. Well, Scott, thank you so much. And uh, everyone yeah, else there, dudes. bye. Later. Well, Jesus Christ, I'm alone again. So what did you do those three days you were dead? Because this problem's gonna last more than a weekend. Well, Jesus Christ, I'm not scared to die. I'm a little bit scared of what comes after. Do I get the gold chariot? Do I float through the sea?